Welcome back to Judging Book Covers Podcast, a bi-weekly book club podcast where we are going through our 2020 book challenge. I'm Megan Griffin, and as always, I am joined by my amazing co-host, Stephanie Cortez. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Just waiting to see if the weather's going to change and if it's going to rain, because it kind of looks cloudy. It did this weird thing yesterday where it kept saying, it's not going to rain. And then it was super cloudy and super windy, like it was about to storm. But then it didn't storm. It was very weird. Did the uh, tropical storm come through for you? It was su- or? We were supposed to get, like, part of it. Yeah. And then I don't think we got much, if anything, of it. Because the, like, you know, the like the time it kept saying the rain was going to start kept getting pushed back and pushed back. So I, mean, oh, okay. I, didn't really, so I don't think we got much. Did you guys get? We did. We got hit yeah. Friday. Um mm-hmm. And it rained, and I didn't, like, think much of it, except for that I kept thinking, like, I think when Sandy hit New York, it was a tropical storm, if I remember. Or there's definitely been a tropical storm that's hit New York that did a lot of damage. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I kept thinking, I was like, I know that this can end bad if it ends up sitting on top of us. Um, But I didn't think much of it. And then at one point, it was, like, not raining. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to go run down to the bodega. I wanted Reese's cups. um, Mm -hmm. And I needed a bottle of water. Because I packed up my Brita. So, (laughs) um, both the bodegas were closed that are right underneath me. And I was like, huh, maybe this is... And uh, I started walking because I saw that the one that was two blocks away was open. Um, So, I walked to that one in the wind. And it started sprinkling, and I was like, this is probably a bad idea. This is not <laughs> oh, no. the best idea for me to have. But I uh, got there and got back fine. Oh, I okay. just was laughing at myself that, like, of course I am so me that I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to venture out in a tropical storm. Why not? It's fine. <laughs> yeah, not in a car or anything. I'm just going to walk. It's fine. Yeah. Whatever. So, um, but yeah, no, it's definitely blue skies and yeah fluffy white clouds today just looks a little cloud like darker clouds over to my left (laughs) that i can see and i'm like are you gonna rain just wait until after i walk the dog please it's the only thing i ask uh nk jemison tweeted a couple days ago um something about how new york now gets like the tropical storm feels of like pop-up thunderstorms basically i guess Mm. and um this is a result of climate change and how it reminds her of um, her, I want to say, I don't remember where she's from, um, but it just reminds her of like childhood and stuff. Mm. And, uh, but it's not normal. Like this is not New York weather. And it's been like that the entire time I've lived here. So Mm. I was like, I just never hit me that this is not normal weather, but it is very strange that like we had a tornado in New York earlier this year and things like that. As I prepare to move back to like, I lived between my hometown and where I lived in Georgia, tornadoes were such a regular thing that like I, we did tornado drills and you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It was just like a a weird commentary on climate change. So thanks NK Jemison. So between the podcast, you were going to read um, the vanishing half. Mm hmm. Which sounded amazing, and I hope it is actually as amazing as it sounds. I really enjoyed this one. So it was about the two twins um, who run away from home when they're 16. One eventually comes back, 
um, with her child, and then the other one is basically passing as a white woman. Uh, the story, it kind of bounces between, like, at one point, like, 1958, and then 1968, and then the 70s, and a little bit into the 80s. Um, wait, maybe it just starts in the 60s. It might just start in the 60s, my bad. Um, but it kind of bounces back and forth a little bit to tell the story and, like, what happened, and oh boy, a lot of color politics that were just oh, yeah. a lot. Yeah, like you find out very early on that they're growing up in this very small black town, but basically the town was started by the son of an enslaved woman and the enslaver um, who goes off to marry a lighter-skinned woman, basically to make lighter-skinned babies and then to keep going from there. And that's okay. the town. Or just The goal was to be as light as possible. Which is, and then like this is many years late down the line, uh, gener- a few generations later when the twins are the twins. Um, okay, a lot of color politics and whew, it's a lot. Um, but I was I really enjoyed it. There's um, some really good side characters that we meet that I wasn't expecting, and I was all about it. <laughs> I don't want to spoil too much. <laughs> That's uh, really cool. Yeah, definitely. So it's a lot about like who you are, where you come from, and can you know yourself if you don't know where you're where you come from, type of thing. Meaning like uh, like in the future because like, and then like are you being yourself? Or are you what it's like to like for the the sister who's passing as a white woman um, to basically kind of ignore, shut off, and lie about her family and her entire history like sure what that does to you mentally so it was really good i really really enjoyed it i do recommend it good because i got yeah. it uh with my book of the month <laughs> box this month so i'm very excited to hear yeah. that it is really good yes. um and yeah. unfortunately it is packed so i will not be reading it before we come back actually I, there is a chance but let's be honest probably not yeah um but i am break. looking forward to it <laughs> yeah yes. you'll get to it when you get to it, it's there waiting for you yes. when you're ready for it. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, really excited because this this book of the month box, I got Mexican Gothic, mm. um, which I'm very much looking forward to. And The Shadow, which is like some serial killer horror story thing that I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? I'll do it. <laughs> um, but those are all packed. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to hear about Mexican Gothic. Really I know. Excited. I know. Maybe we should just do it. We can figure out a way to make it work. Um, I was supposed to read an Alyssa Cole book. Um, and the only reason that I didn't is because I had a moment of adulting. And uh, as someone who runs a book blog, should actually start back up her book blog. Um, I have way too many advanced copy of books and uh, probably about five or six that have now passed their actual release date. Um, I am very fortunate. Well, that may be a poor choice of words. A lot of books got pushed back because of COVID. Um, so now that I'm actually getting back into a regular reading habit, um, thankfully a lot of these books uh, had original dates where they would have been out by July. So a lot of them have been pushed back. So I can get caught up and not um, hurt my my reviewing score more than I already have at the moment. Um, so because of that, I pushed the Alyssa Cole book back just slightly um, and ended up reading a book called One to Watch, 
Um, and I also am about a little over halfway through a book called The Deep, which I do have an advanced copy of um, that um, was given to me not as like for reviews. It's, it's a different kind of thing. But it was one of my more anticipated books of 2020 and finally was like, hey, um, this book that came out right as the pandemic was happening, I think I finally have enough spoons that I can sit down and start to read it. Uh, so one to watch is the book I have definitely finished so mm -hmm. that I can write a review about it. It is about a fashion blogger who is plus size, uh, who gets invited to go on to the bachelor. She's the first plus size contestant and, um, it is told primarily through first person, but it also has some tweets and some like news article clippings and text messages kind of things. And I always like when books include that stuff. Um, and it was very light and a lot of fun to read just from the standpoint of like, it's fluff. You're, mm -hmm. you're I'm not reading this to learn anything. Um, but you know, you want to find out who she's going to end up with. Mm. And I, I love the show unreal too. I don't actually watch the bachelor or the bachelorette. I think I've only watched a couple episodes of a season. Never um, seen it. Like, like I see all I, like the bachelor bingo cards and I'm like, maybe yeah. I should give this a try. This could be entertaining. And then I just never do. <laughs> same, same. Um, but I like reality TV. Um, I mm. really liked unreal. Um, though I haven't finished that. I do need to finish that too, which was like a behind the scenes, mm -hmm. uh, fiction drama show of a bachelor esque show that was, um, so much drama, so much fun. Uh, and that's why I picked or asked for this book um, because it's the same vibe. And I really like that they do some things that you think are going to end up being a cliche, like a gay character. You think, mm -hmm. you know, someone's on there and figures out that he's gay, but that's not what happens. And, um, you know, um, who she ends up with and like, the reason that she doesn't date much is because she was in love with her best friend for so many years. And like, what does that twist end up happening? And it was, you know, it's fluff, but it was a nice moment to like, I don't know, read something fun. Yeah. Um, and, and I, of course I ended up staying up until like one thirty because it was like, <laughs> I just want to know who she ends up with <laughs> because the, and it's really cool. The three suitors that towards the end, um, there's a French guy, there's a, uh, black guy that's younger than her that comes from a, uh, family of doctors and like mm -hmm. all the, like, it's just, um, really can picture Anth like a young Anthony Mackie. Like it's mm. really like, that's what I had in my head. Nice. Um, it's really <laughs> funny cause there's also a lot of Chris Evans chatter in the book, like oh. tweets from Chris Evans being like, if you're still single, you can hit me up. And I was like, man. <laughs> Why would you date anybody else? Yeah, I'd be like, we gotta stop this. Yeah. Bye, everybody else. <laughs> uh, and then the third guy, I think, was Vietnamese. Mm -hmm. But he was from Vermont, so I might actually be conflating my, my Vs. Um, <laughs> definitely of Asian descent. Mm -hmm. And so it was really nice just that, like, two of the three leads, um, leading men, were not white dudes. Mm-hmm. And actually, the French guy, um, they kind of subvert some other stuff with him that I was, it, I don't know, a lot of it was just like these really nice subversions that I just didn't expect. And um, 
for a fluff book, especially. Like, I just yeah. expected it to be really cliche. And some of it was in, like, the uh, fat shaming and things like that. That kind of sucked. Because uh, I am a plus-size woman. Like, whatever. Um, I On steroids, like at least six months of the year it's just never going to happen that I'm going to be a twig mm-hmm. um and so I don't know it's really nice to read a book about a plus-size woman finding love <laughs> so yeah nice. uh, and and then the deep is about the Titanic and Britannica crashes um it's about a woman that was on both ships and that there might be a water demon Ooh. Or something that maybe crashed both ships. Interesting. We don't know. Because uh, I'm only halfway through that book. Okay. We, uh, we really don't know. <laughs> no. I mean, there's definitely something supernatural going on. Um, it is a very slow burn. Uh, mm. It is not like my typical... Like when I read horror and supernatural, like I want to be scared. This is not scary from a standpoint yet. Mm-hmm. It maybe gets scary. But it is very well written and very, I, I don't know. I texted my best friend and was like, I think you would like this book because of like how slow of a burn. It's not going for cheap shots. Okay. So um, maybe I'll be able to talk about it a little bit more after I finish it. Okay. So, yeah. I'm, yeah. I might ask you off the, like afterwards, like if you, if you recommend it, maybe I should just read it. But then I'm, I'm just personally right now, I'm like, is there a water demon? I need to know. <laughs> There's definitely something um, that possesses at least one woman. Like, then that's not really a spoiler. Like, this book is a supernatural book. I just don't know if it's supposed to be ghosts or if it's a water demon or if it's, Mm -hmm. you know, the goddess of the sea or I don't really know what's going on. Uh, But the woman who wrote it, the first book she wrote uh, or that she had published was called The Hunger, which is about the Donner Party. Mm -hmm. And, and that maybe that was not uh, that maybe there was something supernatural that happened there. Yeah. And, and I need to finish the book. I definitely started it. And I think if you're going to do these, I don't actually recommend them an audiobook. I think they actually mm. would do better if I was reading it. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of characters in both and it's all one person reading not that she does a bad job or anything. It's just a little hard to keep everybody straight in my head mm-hmm. than normal. Um, so, yeah, I, I recommend both, even though I haven't finished either. So <laughs> if you like a good slow burn, not cheap. <sighs> cheap thrills is a bad way of putting that because I like those kind of scary books and I feel like they have a point. Yeah. But this is such a weird slow burn supernatural that isn't like a Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe the true horrors that I have a alcoholic dad um no there's definitely super natural things going yeah. on here nice so okay so yeah yeah i think that's so like when we've talked about when we tried to get scared by reading stephen king and it didn't really work for us i think i need to go back to that supernatural like fear street cheerleaders evil yes. like those types of ones to like actually get that scare for me no i agree i agree yeah. I'm and I also think reading, too, for me. Because I think <laughs> audiobooks, I do best when it's a memoir. Like, yes. I just, I don't know. Although I did do I'll Be Gone in the Dark as an audiobook. Mm-hmm. Um, also good. Yeah. Oof. But memoirs or collections of essays, I think those are the ones that I like the best in, although Earthcore, Earthcore, Earthcore. <laughs> yeah. I'm, they're, 
I do a lot of books in audiobooks, so I mm-hmm. can't really be like, and this is the type. But I don't know. Occasionally, there is a book that I get a feeling where I'm like, you know, if I read this, mm-hmm. I would probably like it more rather than uh, an audiobook. But gotcha. I agree that memoirs, um, I like reading memoirs. I love listening and doing yeah. memoirs and audiobooks because nine times out of ten, it's the person who wrote it that's actually right. reading the book. Right. Um, which is exactly what we had this week, um, which is not our memoir book from our list. It's actually a yellow book. Um, We read Issa Rae's um, The Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl, um, which I kept wanting to add um, an article in there, like The Misadventures of an Awkward Black Girl. Yeah. Like, it was um, an interesting title, um, mostly because... My knowledge of Issa Rae is only maybe two years. Mm. Like, I, I didn't realize that this was uh, a web series that she did. Yeah. So, I have not uh, seen the web series. No. I, I'm I, like, very excited to it. find it. Yeah. Yeah. She, do you watch Insecure? Do you have HBO? No. I, I also, I, I just got HBO for HBO Max. Uh, so I'm very excited to watch it now. I um, love Once I get everything sorted. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Get settled. Yes. And then, yes, I love it Insecure. Is. Although I took forever to add HBO. Um, and uh, by the time I got it, I got caught up enough for like the last two episodes of this season. <laughs> but it's fine. Um, I love that show. She's just a true delight. I was trying to figure <sighs> out where I first became aware of her. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know when she was in The Hate You Give... I saw her and was like, oh, she looks familiar. What have I seen her in? And usually, I don't know. I guess, like, for most people, I'm like, I know where my first knowledge of that person started. Mm-hmm. I can't figure that out for easily. Mm. <laughs> Which is fine. I like that. Like, yeah. I really, really enjoy her. Um, as an actress, I didn't really, you know, some media types, like um, Retta, which is another, her memoir is also amazing. Um, I follow on Instagram and and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually didn't follow Issa Rae until I finished this book. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I don't know if I follow, let's go rectify that. Cause I don't know if I follow her. (laughs) (laughs) I do on Twitter. Um, But yeah, I guess for you, what was your first Issa Rae? If you remember. It might have been, was it Insecure? I'm, I'm looking at her IMDb right now just to make sure. I think it might have been Insecure um, that I started watching a couple of years ago, I think it was now. Um, I think it was Insecure. I have not yet seen, she was in the movie Little, um, which I have not seen yet. But I really wanted to see it because once I saw her in the trailers and then um, I can't think of the actress's name from Blackish. Mm-hmm. And then she also, I believe this was her idea, the little like the young woman. It was her idea for this story. And I was like, oh, I got to see this. Um, but oh, yeah, I, think yeah, I haven't in- seen that either, but mm-hmm. I remember the posters everywhere. I need to see. Oh, that. yeah. Yeah. I think it's on something I have. So it's either HBO or Netflix. And I don't think it's Hulu. OK, I think it's HBO. I think HBO has it. So I definitely need to watch that. Um, and then she had two movies that were coming out this year. So pre COVID pre quarantine, um, my partner and I were super excited. <laughs> we had all these <laughs> movies that we wanted to see, including the photograph 
and um, the Lovebirds, and then COVID happened, and yes. um, we have seen the Lovebirds because that's now on Netflix. You should abs- everyone should absolutely everybody go check should it out. go see that. Oh my mm-hmm. god, everything about mm-hmm. that movie like there is not a minute in that movie that I felt was wasted. Right, it was, it was so, so fun, and I just oh, it was so fun. I like, I need to, I want to watch it again. I immediately messaged maybe four or five people and was like, this is officially my favorite movie of 2020 so mm-hmm. far. Mm-hmm. Um, and given the way that the world is going, likely going to be my favorite movie mm-hmm. because it truly is like, there's no minute in that movie that is wasted. It's so well cast. It's so well handles relationship issues. Mm-hmm. And it's so fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. And just everything about that. Yeah, I think I'm probably going to turn it on again. Yeah, it's so... And I love Kumat. He... <laughs> he's so good in it, too. The guy who basically jumps in the car and he's like, I'm a police officer. The whole movie, I'm like, who are you? Who are you? I know you. Who are yes. you? Have you looked him up at no. all? No. Did you watch House of Cards? I watched the first season when it oh. came out. I He doesn't show up in the first season. He shows okay. up later. He's in House of Cards. And I was like, I think George had said he's something like, it's going to be, we're going to look him up, and we're both going to be like, oh, we knew that. Like, it's going to be obvious once we see it, and that it totally was. <laughs> uh, but Apparently it's so, Castle was cool. Rock. I need to. Oh. I never finished that. I need to catch up on that, too. There's so yeah. many things. Yeah. I still need to see the photograph, though. So that was the other one of 2020 that I was super excited about for her. Yes. Oh, he was in Thoroughbreds. That's how I know him. Okay. Mm. Um. I have the photograph because that was what I was going to do yesterday while packing was going to watch the lovebirds and then the photograph and get Mm -hmm. both of her 2020 movies, um, which is fun. The trivia. So that I do um, had an Issa Rae question a couple weeks ago and was like, what are her two? Or it was the, was when lovebirds came out Mm -hmm. and it was like, what other movie was she in in 2020 that actually got released in theaters? And I was like the photograph because I remember, the, the trailers for it, and yep. it's her and uh, Lakeith. Um, yeah, Stanfield. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I also just love. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't have the best reviews. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> that is a, an attractive couple. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, oh, absolutely. Maybe at some point this week I'll watch it once everything kind of calms down. Yeah but I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah. Nice. Um, so we picked this one. We were talking about this right before we started recording that because it was a yellow book cover. Yes. But, and it is. It's a yellow book cover with um, her on the front. She's got glasses on. Nice collared shirt, but with a cute statement necklace. Looking, she, the expression on her face, she looks a little awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but in Audible, when you hit play, the little thumbnail is a blue cover, which was another challenge that we had already done. <laughs> yeah. I think in my mind, I kind of mel- mesh them together. Um, because when I think of the cover, it's a yellow cover of her standing with her hands on her hips. And the blue one is with okay. her hands on her hips, not the yellow cover. Yeah. I think I combined them in my brain. And I just, I love this because the title looks very comic-like. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's got her hands on her hips, but her face is this, like, very awkward mm-hmm. kind of face. Yeah. Um, which I appreciate because, like, I never would have pegged her for someone who's super awkward, but I feel like most actors were when they were growing up. Yeah. Yeah. 
because on in, well on insecure her character can sometimes also be a little awkward, but I just find her so relatable. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe that's why. <laughs> I, I, I really enjoyed this memoir because it doesn't fall into most of the same traps that I feel like a lot of author or um, actors memoirs fall into where it's like I was a terribly ugly slash awkward child and then mm-hmm. I got into acting and then I decided to move to LA and like live from like basically nothing and then suddenly got a big break and honestly if I read this and didn't know who Issa Rae was I don't think that at any point would I have realized that she had actually gotten a break. And I don't know mm. if she actually considers that she has gotten her big break or anything mm. yet. Um, and honestly, don't know if I would have realized that she was an actress reading yeah. this. Yeah, because she does talk a little bit about her web series. Um, but it's definitely more from like directing and producing and writing. She talks more yeah. about that side of things than acting. Um like when she's in New York, and, is it New York? Yeah, in New York, and her apartment gets robbed, and she loses yes. all of her stuff. She um, she had founded a nonprofit uh, called the Black Film Academy, and she had I think she think she said with her dad's help <laughs> invested ten thousand dollars worth of like cameras, editing all that, all the equipment that you need for this, and she lost all of that and all of her work because it hadn't been backed up anywhere else. They took everything. So, I just can't imagine. Like, that uh, is yeah. actually maybe the biggest fear I have. Right. Right. Everybody's like, don't you upload things to the cloud? And I'm like, yes, yes, in fact, I do. It's also on three different USB drives, just right. in case. Right. <laughs> also on three different computers. Like, yeah. no. I lost a notebook. I left a notebook oh, on a plate yeah. in February. Mm-hmm. And, like, 90% of that notebook was in my computer there was maybe like five pages at the most that i hadn't transcribed but also it was handwritten things that like i had transcribed trying to read my handwriting and i like to write in pencil so things that you know Mm. if it takes a while to transcribe it gets smudged and so like definitely some stuff where i was like i'll try to sit down and figure out what i was typing or writing there later that i can't get back now so i cannot imagine Mm -hmm. at all losing as much as oh that just is terrifying. Right. It's also, A, your apartment has been, you, you've been violated in that sense. And then B, they've taken your stuff that you've put so much time and energy and effort into. And she was supposed to pitch one of these to uh, yeah. one of her scripts or a web series to a TV producer. And her pitch was on there. The script, everything was on. I think she had two computers taken. Um, everything was on there. So it's just like double violations too because it's also like a your physical space and be a little bit of your mental space so to speak if that makes sense very much so yeah yeah um what i also liked um is that to be fair most memoirs that i've read um about black entertainers um aren't really like a we started with you know next to nothing but there just always seems to be some kind of struggle and it's like is that the reason that you were able to find a publisher like that I don't know how to phrase this exactly like I worry that so much of our culture wants to focus on how minorities non-white people struggle to get to where they are Mm -hmm. 
and that like they should struggle and work super hard um, to get something that they wouldn't have otherwise. I like, I don't know. I get that vibe so frequently that it was really, really refreshing to read about her life where her father was a doctor in LA. Um, not necessarily saying that like they were in a mansion and rolling in dough, but her mother was able to be a stay at home mom and they were able to go to Senegal frequently. Mm-hmm. So they were very comfortable and like, it was a weirdly refreshing take. A if that makes sense. Yeah. A different just diversity, I guess, in terms of yeah. how they got to where they are. And yeah. I think this came out, I think bef- this came out before Insecure came out. So I'm also wondering yeah. if that's maybe why, that's gotta be why. We didn't get much of that. Like I know Retta's talks about her time on um, Parks and Rec because she wrote it after or during, I can't remember which. So she wrote it when Hamilton was out because there was a long conversation oh about Hamilton my so God. after Parks and Rec. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that is literally the only thing that I can... Oh. Yeah. Oh, I forgot her love of Hamilton. Yes. Oh, I love her love of Hamilton so much. Oh. I have not actually checked in with her, like, on her to see how she's dealing with it being on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. She That's a good off, like, point. Yeah. I want to say that Miss Adventure came out in 2015. I'm double-checking. Uh, yeah, January 2015, um, which is a very, like, at the time, there was so much, like, speaking of Hamilton being out, um, there was a different vibe in the world. And I feel like this kind of falls into that, too. Um, I don't know. All I could think of while reading this was actually Leslie Autumn Jr.'s um, memoirs, which is a really great book if you want to buy something for a uh, graduation student, hmm. grad- someone who's graduating, um, but you don't want to buy them the Dr. Seuss book. I highly mm-hmm. recommend Leslie Autumn Jr.'s book that I'm totally blanking on and I'm going to double check because it's written as a um, very upbeat, like what he, he went through a lot and, and struggled Um and, but it's, it's written almost as like a commencement speech kind of Uh-oh. vibe. Okay. Um, it is called failing up how to take risks, aim higher and never stop learning. Um, and again, he reads the book. So, <laughs> nice. um, it, but yeah, it's written more of as like a commencement speech mm-hmm. and also came out in 2015, I think. So I don't know. I, no, it came out in 2018, but still it um, was very clearly written in this time where, I don't know how to, I don't know how to, to phrase this in any way where like, cause there was still bad things going on. There was still plenty of discourse. I mean, I, that this is the time where um, a man took a knee on a football field and basically got shunned for it. And mm-hmm. so I don't want to say it was like a better time or place, but it was definitely a different vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause there was even one line in the book in this where I was like, Oh, this would not be written today. Um, I can't remember what it was now. 
but it was when she was talking about um, her identity. Mm. It'll hit me in a minute. Um, oh, Issa's? Wait, Issa's yes. book? Yes, sorry, I'm talking about Issa's book again. Um, there's oh. definitely something that jumped out at me that I don't think she was talking about herself. She referred to her friends, and I hate to repeat it, because I was like, uh, as having those chinky eyes that I was like, uh, oh, yeah, that too. Why? Yeah. yeah. Let's not do that, please. No, there was definitely something where she was talking about herself. Let me see if I can find it. It was about oppression. Like, maybe that we had gotten past oppression or something. Mm. Um, That I was like... That I could see a conservative taking this and being like, well, if Issa Rae says it, then, you know, Mm. blah, 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 blah. And, and I don't think that that's what she meant at all. Yeah. Um, and that's where I'm trying to get a, like a different vibe period where it was Ooh. like, we are trying to celebrate and maybe push forward in a nonviolent kind of way in a non, you know, protesting manner. And that didn't work, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I also really love that, like, she, I guess in my mind, because of who I am, I equate awkwardness and nerdiness so high. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't come across as like super nerdy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, she's more about the awkward, although she's smart. Like, I think she, she talks oh, about yeah. the time where she says she can't dance. Her family, they just most cannot dance. And then, of course, there's, I think it's a high school dance and or a friend's party, a friend's party. And she says she's going to go, and they're like, can you dance? She's like, of course I can. So then she watches. I found so much of this relatable because we are about the same age. She was also born in 85. She was born in January, though, so she's <laughs> almost a year older than me. But still, <laughs> um, coming home from school and watching 106 in Park, which she said was hosted by Free. Was it AJ's Predator Braids? Because he has those really long dreads, I think. Um, but she would watch the videos and try to, like, mimic and do it and... She says when she goes to dance, because of course her friends didn't forget, because no, um, someone pulls out a camera, gets it on camera, and she's embarrassed, and she thinks, oh god, Monday they're going to be making fun of me, it's going to be terrible, and she basically just became known as, like, the brainy girl who dropped it to the floor, like, her invite to the party made her cool, because the person who was having the party was cool, but, so, she's definitely more about the awkwardness than nerdiness, but. Yes was definitely yeah. known as, like, the brainy one. Like, smart, yeah. you know. Definitely not trying to take away from the fact mm-hmm. that she is absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. in so many different ways. Um, like, even the high school she went to was, like, geared towards medicine and science. And, mm-hmm. like, she did really well. She went to Stanford, which, like, mm-hmm. I couldn't have fucking gotten into Stanford. Yeah. Um, but I'm so, with you where I, I equate awkwardness with nerdiness, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess, like, a part of me expected this book where it was going to be, like, I was all into comics and like living in a fantasy world and things like mm-hmm. that. And no, it's like, I don't know why, where it, that when the, it equated like such awkwardness to nerdiness, because I know I am nerdy, but also like a lot of what she talks about, I did the whole mm-hmm. AOL online thing. I was like, Oh man, oh. why did our parents let us do this? Okay. Like, I was scandalized. I've, so I've read this once before. Yeah. Listen to this once before. Cause I did the audible book with her. Um, doing the reading 
Well, I forgot when we get to the part she's talking about chat rooms and how she started basically catfishing and would lie about how she looked. Yes. And da, da, da. I was like scandalized because I was the computer was in my room. Yeah, my mother. I was not. I was forbidden from going in any chat rooms because you know there were all those Dateline. Uh, yeah stories of kids getting kidnapped and stuff from meeting somebody going to meet someone from the chat room and i my mother i feel like would have murdered me if she'd found out like i was just too good of a kid i the only time i did one and i want to say I, I got her permission first was because david boreanaz from buffy he was still on buffy at the time was gonna be i don't know if this was real but he was gonna be on the chat room answering questions so there was like a moderator oh, cool. picking some of the yeah. questions to have him answer. It was the only time I ever did one. Other than that, no chat rooms because I was not allowed. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I definitely wasn't. Like the first computer when we got AOL sat in the kitchen, um, which was like kind of the center. It sat like in the corner near the living room, so like mom could watch us be on it and be in mm-hmm. the living room. Um, and I remember going into the chat rooms. I remember my first online boyfriend, quote unquote. <gasps> Oh my God. Um, and I had to be under the age of 10 and he would call me Rose. And my mother's like, who the fuck is this guy calling you Rose? Um, and like, I remember going into chat rooms with friends and like, and eventually I had enough friends in real life that I stopped doing that. But yeah, no, definitely did like the whole catfishing thing as a kid. And I was like, no, glad you're talking about it because it makes me feel a little less <laughs> weird but also maybe why i'm so not different because i got all of that out of my system because i don't know one of the biggest thing people tell me because i have i did hol online um and metal you know i i've always been in and off of online and having online friends and stuff and like one of the weirdest things that people consistently say to me when they meet me in person the first time is like you're exactly the same as you are online. I'm like, of course I fucking am. Because so maybe done I got catfishing. <laughs> yeah, maybe I got all my catfishing out before like I was a teenager. <laughs> God, I would have never. Oh, oh no. Because oh. to be fair, I was also acutely aware that like, uh, well, I don't want to say that like I, the other person could have been lying. I mean, like, I guess mm. I also was aware of that. If anybody had been like, let's meet up, I would have been like, oh, hell no. Nope. <laughs> nope. Fully aware that that was a bad idea. She does. She uh, never, she doesn't end up meeting any of the guys either, but she no. talks about her online boyfriend wanting a picture. And since she says she doesn't have a scanner, so she can't send him one. And then yes. finally she finds a picture of someone online and uses that. And then he wants more. And it's like, oh, I don't have an excuse now because I bought a scanner allegedly you know yeah. to do this and it's just like oh my god <laughs> but she was talking to them on the phone that i didn't do either oh yeah 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 on the yeah. phone too mm-hmm. no i don't think i gave my phone number to someone who i'd met online until i was 18 19 mm-hmm. like i was definitely an adult mm-hmm. um and because of facebook like i think it's easier to tell if someone is well I will say, I think it's easier to tell someone is catfishing from the standpoint of, like, if they only have a couple pictures, that's a problem. Mm, mm-hmm. That being said, you can also just copy someone's entire Facebook, but then the Ugh, lack yeah. of messages, I don't know. I feel like there's a better, it's easier to yeah. tell. But I say this, catfish is still a show. So yeah. it's like, you know, still people happens. are still getting catfishing, yeah. getting catfished. 
Yeah. So it still happens, but yeah. I just I one of my favorite things though was when she was she was really young and she was messaging someone and like they were in the chat room and then they go do a private chat together and he asks if she's horny and she's like I don't know what that means so she says something about checking her in Carta CD for what horny means and she yes. can't find the definition and I was like dead because I remember in Carta I remember this <laughs> so great brought back a lot of memories <laughs> oh that's my favorite the only yeah. the one thing i did do online there was like an online forum that i cannot think of the name of name for i was in high school at the time where you could post like poetry and stuff so i would post stuff yeah. on there and like people would comment and stuff like that um but that wasn't a chat room so i was okay doing that i was not breaking any rules <laughs> yeah no eventually um when i feel like when a messenger came around i had mm. enough friends irl that like I didn't feel the desire to go into chat rooms unless I was just bored. Yeah. Um, but also, like, I know that my mother had the ability to monitor everything I did on my computer because she pulled, like, this whole... She read a message that I sent someone as, like, a way of being, like, I can monitor everything you do online. <laughs> like, because I, I remember sitting downstairs... Um, this must have been before Wi Fi. I don't remember why I would have been. I remember I had to move my computer back and forth, but I also mm. remember having Wi Fi in my room. I don't know. Anyways, um, I remember typing to a friend because I was sitting on the floor. I had my iMac, the, the colorful mm. thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember saying, like, my mother had annoyed me at the moment or something. I'm like, just being annoying. And my mom being like, oh, how am I annoying you? And me being like, what? And like I so she pulled this and also my mother's an IT manager like if anybody was going to be able to want, like my mother be. yeah oh um, my god and yet there's no way that she was monitoring a hundred percent of the time because mm -hmm. there are definitely things that got said or done and and that I'm like yeah. or search that it's like you never brought this up right it's not a conversation that I'm ready to have with my right. mother it's not a conversation I'm ever going to have with my mother yeah. Maybe she thought but, that yeah. one little check-in just to let you know yeah. would have been enough to be like, ooh, let me rein it in and not yeah. do certain things, say certain things. <laughs> yeah. It didn't work. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, the biggest trouble in my life was uh, I got a D my freshman year of high school and um was so terrified and, mm. and part of it was the fact that I was in a class that I shouldn't have been in and part of it was also that I was super lazy and didn't do the work um and I brought it up from enough so like hmm. yay it's also a class I didn't need to graduate I was very pissed when I realized that mm. um but anyways I couldn't bring myself to tell my mother that I got in a D um and like tried scanned in first of all i mean i hid it for months where it was just like oh i don't know i didn't get a copy of my oh my uh, report god card and blah, 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 and for months <laughs> to the point that my mother finally called the school and was like can you tell me my daughter's grades oh. and i had decided i was like i'm gonna scan it in change the grade print it out and i did that and i couldn't bring myself to give it to my mother I wish my sister was back on for this episode because oh, no. 
I was home from my freshman year of college, and Tori kept going out to the mailbox to get the mail. And finally, there was one day, I don't know where my mom and stepdad were, but it was just us in the kitchen, and she just looked like she needed to get something off of her chest. And she told me she had gotten an F, changed it to a B by scanning it in and using, I think, the paint program to change it to a B. But as you know, I think this was maybe her second second one, maybe? Th- I can't remember which uh, which quarter... Um, quarter this happened in but I feel like I don't remember if she had to do it twice but because you know like your final one's going to show all of them anyway yeah. so she was I was like because I, I, I just I couldn't have imagined trying to get because I was like I would have been too paranoid like I never skipped school because my mother worked days and I was like the one day I do she's going to be driving down the street catch me and I'm going to get mm-hmm. killed for this so when I skipped school it was the last week of school when nothing counts and I would just go to another classroom to watch a movie that was my skipping school so I was just like that was I think me too should. though I feel that yeah. I feel like that's like the <laughs> oldest child thing where it's like no, right. I'm not doing this yeah. nope. I will be murdered in front of all my friends who I'm trying to skip yes. school with um, so I was like, I think you should just tell mom and your dad what happened. Just come clean. I don't, I don't know what to yeah. tell you. Like I have no advice. And I remember eventually when it, I was in the shower, like later I was in the shower, I had music on. So the shower's running and I have music. I could hear my stepdad screaming at her because mm-hmm. the report card came and she just was like, here, she came clean with it. My stepdad never yelled. I was like, I don't want to go downstairs. <laughs> I wish yeah, no, I remember this. Sitting on the stairs with it mm-hmm. and my mother and then just being like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I got a D. And that's when I found out that my mother had called and gotten my grade. So if I had given her this mm. like altered report card. Ooh, you'd have been in more trouble. I would have been so much more trouble. And the reason that I had like held off was like I couldn't get the report card to look just like yeah. the actual one because they came in on colored paper and it yeah. was a different kind of paper and all this other stuff. Um but I also, I just couldn't. I was like, I can't mm-hmm. do this serious of a lie to my mother. And I got grounded for a long time. Yeah. Like, I think it was like two months or something like that. And I had to pay back. Because, like, this was, like, fall semester that I got the D. So I was able to hide that thing for, like, three months. So, like, my oh birthday my came. God. <laughs> had a birthday party. So I think on top of that, like, I lost my cell phone also had to maybe pay for the party or something like that oh my god i don't remember like (laughs) it was bad all around um (laughs) oh like so grounded that i went to my dad's for spring break Mm -hmm. and got on a computer or something and my mother counted that as me breaking my grounding and i was like i was in a fucking different house what like how does oh no dad's rules what are you talking about my mother and your mother, because my mother would tell my dad, and sometimes I was just not a child, so I would tell him, because I was like, if I don't, and then she checks with him and finds out I was watching TV all weekend, I would be in trouble. Yeah. So, there was one time, though, where I can't remember what happened, and he was like, you know, I just don't agree with this here. Watch the, I, I don't agree with the severity of this punishment or the length of it or something like that, so you can do whatever here. But that, that was in high school. Um... I do remember, though, my freshman year, I didn't write a paper for my history class in the last semester or quarter or whatever it was when you we were in high school. And it was a big part of your grade. And I don't remember what my grade was. I don't think it was an F. It was a D. It was it, basically A's and B's are what I was expected to get. So anything lower Same. than that was punishment. So it was something, one of those. 
Um, yeah. And so basically I was punished for all summer, like all summer couldn't watch it. And she made me write the paper and she said, and you have to turn it into your teacher and ask her to grade it. Cause I want to see what you would have gotten. So oh, there's a lot there. Yeah. Your <laughs> but, mom and my mom would have gotten along great. Right. But I remember going to my teacher and she was like, did you get into a lot of trouble for this? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so she was like, yep, I'll grade it. No problem. I think I got an A. She That teacher went and changed my grade with the school. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's so, nice. Yeah. Which I was not expecting yeah. her to do. Like, that wasn't part of it. I think my mom did it for, A, you're going to do it. B, embarrassment, because now you got to explain to your teacher that you need this grade. Because <laughs> yeah. you should have said it. But, oof. Yeah. So, Issa. Um, kind of going back to when we were talking about our parents and realizing why they were so hard on us. There is a part in this book where she basically, what she's talking about is realizing, you know what? My parents are human. And it's, it's more specifically about her dad. Her parents get divorced when she's in high school. And I believe that one of the reasons that they gave was cultural differences was what her mother said. Yes. Yeah. And then a little while later, she drops by to visit. Is she visiting her aunt? Uh, Her aunt and cousin is in town and she's going to with her cousin, basically. Right. And she sees that her cousin looks weird, her aunt looks weird, her dad seems weird, and there's some woman she doesn't know who's on the phone, sees Mm -hmm. Issa and goes, oh my god. But like the oh my god of the shit's about to hit the fan, and goes back out on the porch. She, and then she realizes, like, it's weird, I'm gonna leave, so she just leaves, because her dad makes a joke about like, oh, you don't call, but it's like a half-serious, half-joke. Yeah, because there's a comment of like, her dad was very much about them coming over whenever. Right, right. So she goes home and asks her mom if, if dad's seeing someone and her mom just says, yep. And she's kind of like waiting to see what else Issa knows. And then Issa asks, is that why? And then Issa's devastated to find out that her dad had been cheating. This is why yeah. they got divorced. Um, so she stops going to her dad's on the weekends. In college, she's having, is it a show that she's doing where she asks him to not bring mm-hmm. her? And... Dad's basically like, I'm the father, you're the child. If she's not welcome, I'm not going to come. And so he doesn't go. That pissed me off. It did. It did very much. And I was just like, oh, so you expected your child, who is a child. Like, she's a child. She's a young adult. She's still a child. Like, to just forgive you and forgive all of this for the disruption, essentially, as she sees it, of her family life. Um, And you're going to sort of like... I guess shoving this woman in her face and it's I don't know it's also like one time she's asking you this one time to not bring her you can't just do that like you think that's gonna repair your relationship and make her okay with the woman sure yeah sure sure yeah dad yeah I I really related to that discussion um Mm -hmm. parents divorced uh the, the running well if you ask my father, it's because he w- wanted to golf and my mother said no. But um, at some point I realized it was because he cheated. And mm. while he's obviously never going to confirm that because, again, golf, um, I never asked my mom because I didn't want to know. And then I made a comment. Um, I asked my grandmother. I actually asked my stepdad, too, um, which is where I learned where it was like, he also didn't have confirmation, but also assumed it. Yeah. Um, and that really did wreck my relationship with my dad because yeah. um, there was also moments, and, and I think this is also why my sister doesn't talk to my dad, where she feels that um, 
biological children should come before the wife kind of thing. I don't know. Uh, there was definitely a letter sent. Um, and in and, and fairness, like, this is still fairly recent for Issa. Mm-hmm. Um, Caitlin, my sister's issues were definitely much later because my dad and stepmom are about to hit 25 years. Mm. Um, so it was probably around 15 years of marriage. Um, I don't know. Like the whole feeling of, you know, you're realizing your dad fucked up and like wanting to kind of hate him and then starting to bridge back that relationship, which is kind of where I am, where Mm. it's like my dad and I are trying to rebuild a relationship currently. Um, I don't know. Really like Issa. I'm really relating to her. It's like, it's a hard enough thing without those types of situations to recognize that your parents are human. They make mistakes as an adult. Mm -hmm. I now see why my mom did the things that she did. There are a hundred percent certain things. If I ever had a kid that I would totally embrace other things. I would not just because of the walls it did build up. Um, But just recognizing, yes, there's like parenting books and stuff like that, but there's no like manual to guarantee that everything will be fine and your kid like nothing will hurt them and they won't make any mistakes and then exactly or how to let them make mistakes that's a hard one too um because they need to right right but when you throw in the mix of something like this where her dad cheated like that messes with trust in other ways than just i'm an adult now and i see why my parents did what they did like it, it just it's a little harder. It makes things a little bit harder. Um, yeah. And it fucks with her relationships for, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, basically a long time. I mean, it doesn't really, what I really like is that she discusses PDA very early in the book. Oh my and God. Very <laughs> against it. And I truly appreciate this and maybe have come to terms that I don't particularly love PDA. Lord, she would hate. So one thing that I was thinking about when she was talking about PDA and hating it um, also, when she talked about her first kiss, her first kiss was, was it camp, I think? And they're at a dance, yes. like, at the end of the season, and then they go outside, like, they're away from people. Um, definitely remember making out in corners of my high school with my high school boyfriend and, like, friends oh, yeah. she would have hated me. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely, I was the same way. Yeah. Like, had a teacher come up to us and, like, embarrass the shit out of us mm-hmm. for making out in the hallway and stuff. Yeah. Um, but as I've gotten older, I've been, like... I guess it's more the online PDA that I don't care mm, for. It, mm-hmm. And then maybe this is why it always feels like high school to me where I'm just like, mm. you need to be secure enough. You are a fucking adult. Mm-hmm. Um, but it leads into the fact that she really kind of struggles with relationships as an adult. Mm-hmm. And also like she straight up owns like by the time this book was written she'd been in a relationship with someone for seven years Mm -hmm. um i think it's the same guy that she's now engaged to i think so um but there's no real mention about him yeah she's very private she's yeah she knows how to play this game of keeping her personal life private and personal but she does she does talk about some of the guys she talks about that one guy who's very into pda and very sappy where One day, like, he drops her off at her place, and then, like, a minute later, her phone rings, and it's him, and she's like, oh, God, he's going to come back, so let me answer. So she answers the phone, and he's like, look out the window. Look at the moon. I'm looking at the moon, too. We're looking at the moon together. And I was just like, I am all about affection. I'm all about being romantic. This made me want to vomit. Like, (laughs) what? I like 
like affection. I like romance. Um, this I is like another level little, of something. Yeah, I like little things. Um, and I am someone that when I'm dating someone or someone I like does something super cute, like I want to share it with people. Yeah. But I'm also not like the the in the sense of like texting my best friend and being like, let me tell you this cute thing that's just happened. And for the mm-hmm. most part, what I find cute, a lot of people are like, I don't, I don't get it. And, <laughs> and, and that's, that's fine. I'm a weirdo. Um, hey, what matters really, is you find it cute. That's exactly. I found it cute. And right. like, you know, it's something that I'm going to remember. Um, Everyone has different I, love languages too. So what so you might cute. find a sign of love, someone would be like, that's fine. And then what they find yeah. is being like the big sign of love. You might not find because everyone has different languages. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I appreciate her talking about this and then not turning around. Cause I feel like a lot of people talk about like, you know, uh, relationships, bad, blah, 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 PDA, blah, 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 blah. And then like, let me tell you about meeting the love of my life. And she's not that way at all. Like, the, like I said, she's been with someone and I think mm-hmm. seven years is what she says. And there's no like, and here's how we met. Right. Unless it is the she, guy that she met, but I don't think it is. It's the guy that, so when she's dating Martin, the guy who likes to argue and likes to be yeah. con- condescending, she meets Lewis. I think this is his name. I don't remember how, but she talks very briefly about how they met, like through another friend, I think, because he calls her when she's out with Martin and she gets really excited. And then she calls him back later. And she said from our first five hour conversation, she knew that he was like the one. Yes. And that's it. She's yeah, she's I think she says she doesn't know if he's going to be her forever, but like she's very, very happy yeah. and in love with him right now. Yeah. And uh, from Wikipedia, I gathered that he's. Mm-hmm from Senegal. I think actually she does mention that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a cousin that they're friends with and like saw yeah. her picture or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she talks in depth more about the relationships that have ended and that, and why. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result of, in part because of her parents' relationship, um, Again, everybody should be in therapy. Like, mm-hmm. 100% my parents' divorce affects me. Yes. Yeah. Yes, in fact. Uh, a little scared that my mother's second divorce also kind of plays into that. But I, I want to say that I was adult enough, old enough, that maybe it doesn't. I got real uh, lucky with my parents breaking up when I was a baby. I will, I will <laughs> always maintain that. <laughs> no, I, I don't know if I've told you this. Like, my... Um, vaguely remember my parents telling me to divorce um and was like it's it was at a poncho's restaurant oh and i always thought i made that up and then after church um it was 2012 i don't remember how old i was then um 24 ish we went to poncho's and sat in a back room that like i don't think i've only sat in twice in my life and i sat down and started having a bit of a panic attack and texted my mother and was Ooh. like did you tell us you were getting divorced at a poncho's? She's like, yeah. I was like, in the back room of the poncho's? And she's like, yeah, why? And I was like, yeah, that explains this anxiety yep. attack I'm currently having for something that happened when I was like wow. five years old. Yeah. Like it had been like 20 Oof. years. I don't even know how you <laughs> begin to tell kids this. Like, because obviously she writes about how or talks about how her and her siblings 
So she has two older brothers. They're already out of the house by then. So at the at the time, she's essentially the oldest kid in the house, and her two younger mm-hmm. siblings. They all basically start crying when their parents tell them this, and I'm like, I don't even know how you tell kids this. No I don't. I don't know. Like the, yeah. she talks about how they gave them the whole "it's not you," like we all we love you all, like it has nothing to do with you. Which yes, but I was just like, I don't know how you do this with. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's such a normal thing now that like yeah. I almost feel like I don't know if kids all kind of expect it to eventually happen, but I guess it's less of a surprise. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to make assumptions. I just like, I know the twins took it fairly well. Yeah. So it could be one of those things too, where since like they may have friends who have divorced parents, it's not like they're going to be ostracized or anything like that. Hopefully nowadays, you know, where they see it or maybe they have other family members who are like, when I told my grandmother I was getting divorced, A, I don't know if I ever told you this, my dad and my stepmom said they hadn't told her and she didn't know. When I told her, oh. there was not a flicker of surprise. I was like, one of my aunts told her, for sure. She knew, <laughs> which was fine. That like that was totally fine. Yeah. Um, she was like, you're not the first and you won't be the last. Like, she divorced yeah. her grandfather. She said something to me about, because um, she divorced my grandfather 70s, maybe 80s, that like she understood, don't settle, because she didn't. And I was just like, okay. (laughs) It probably helped that, like, the twins, because they they understood Mm -hmm. half-siblings. They understood that they had the same mom but a different dad. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think because of that, and understanding that, like, I I know I had a conversation with one of them where it was like, yeah, you're my half-sibling. Oh, I think one of them kept insisting. They were like, I'm your half their brother or sister, I can't remember which one. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that doesn't mean shit. Right. Where it was like, you you need to understand that, like, you're 100% my sibling. Like, right. you are my sister or brother. I can't remember which right. one it was. Uh, and, like, your dad is just as much my dad. Like, mm-hmm. their blood may not be there. And so I don't know if it's the fact that because they had siblings that had already gone through a divorce, maybe that made it easier. Oh, yeah. Um, or the fact that just, like, their parents get along for the most part. I don't mm-hmm. easy divorce comparison. So I don't know. I, it, but this whole, I don't know. I can't imagine telling, I can't imagine it ever goes really well. Right. Um, I right. do appreciate that. Um, they gave him an excuse without like destroying either image. Cause like she right. thinks it's her mother. She thinks her mother ended the relationship because, mm-hmm. like, she was done or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and and even still, like, like we just said, her mom doesn't tell her, right? Yeah, your father cheated on me. It was right. all entirely like he found to out. out, right? Yeah, you need to figure this out on your own, right? Because those relationships are so special and important mm-hmm. that you know you right. don't want to color those. Right. The older brothers do know because when Issa figures yeah. it out, she asks if they knew and she said yes because they were older. They weren't, you know, still high school, like right. teenagers. Like, they were older. So they, like, I would assume felt that they could handle more of the truth than, say, the younger kids who could yeah. and did. It did really hurt Issa's relationship with her dad. Um, I can't remember how soon that was after they told them they were getting divorced. Um, it was long enough because there was enough of a discussion of like 
weekends and getting into a regular schedule right. and visiting dad and what that meant and, right. and things like that. I do think dad should have, like, you didn't have to come right out and say you cheated, but maybe just a little hint of, oh, I'm seeing someone. Yeah, the fact you that know? he didn't say, didn't tell his yeah. kids. But but I don't think that that was malicious because the way she talks about her father, mm-hmm. the way that this whole chapter starts is that, like, she texted her dad about having getting dinner or something yes and he said something about his new wife and she's like the fuck do you mean new wife right checks her brother is dad Um, high (laughs) and so um and there's a couple other instances of things where like they have to clue him in or you know he forgets to clue them in and and it just he feels a very organized scatterbrained Mm -hmm. um and so yeah i don't think he did this maliciously yeah. like did not tell him maliciously um maybe realized at the wrong moment that oh i should have fucking told them yeah but yeah. yeah um what did you think speaking of relationships there was a section on um how black women should date asian men yeah okay the first thing it made me think of and i will not say too much about it is insecure Okay. Um, let me see if I can find. Because um, there is a man on there who I looked up the actor to be sure. He's um, part Chinese, part Irish. Um, interested in one of the black women on the show. I'm trying to be super vague because I don't want to spoil anything You're for you. So that's the first thing it made me think of. And I, I wonder... I do wonder if in this current climate, if this chapter would have made it into the book. That is a good question. You know? (laughs) Um, I will say it didn't rub me the wrong way because I like the way that she presents it. Um, It is not from like a stereotype thing, but it is Mm -hmm. her presenting the fact that like, as a black woman becomes more educated, she's less likely to get married. Yeah. She's less likely to be considered desirable. Mm-hmm. Um, which is such bullshit. Like mm-hmm. reading it made me angry, not at her, at society. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. And the fact of the matter is, on the flip side, Asian men are really weirdly stereotyped yeah. as like not being able to protect their wives, being very meek and mild mannered, and things like that. Um, which again, such bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. Right, or these, like, sexless, just there for comedy props. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Um, Even this, like, she even discusses, like, the stereotype of, like, that black men um, are well-endowed while Mm -hmm. Asian men are the complete opposite. Um, And so I really like this from, like, a joke standpoint. Like, I don't think she's being serious. Yeah. But I do actually appreciate it. Especially, I think she also says, like, the world is getting more and more biracial. Like that's very cool. true. And, and, yeah, and it's going to keep happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's awesome. Keep like, there's nothing fucking wrong with that. Um, so I did a, I did appreciate it. It didn't leave a weird aftertaste in my mouth, but it is also something that trying to explain to someone or like talking about it on the right. podcast <laughs> is a little hard it's because hard. it can sound very tone deaf in our mm-hmm. current climates. Right. right. Um, 
and I don't know all I can <laughs> now all I'm thinking about is the good place where it took all of those stereotypes without being like hey we're taking these stereotypes and turning them on their face um they and and basically having them in a show where you know the Asian guy is not the most brilliant man in the room mm-hmm. and there is a brilliant black woman who ends up you know getting a happy ever after um and she's not a main character but mm-hmm. you know you know yeah you can't help but fucking fall in love with her and then you want to follow her I career know. not that i did this not that i did this <laughs> but also if you have cbs now go watch uh why women kill she's fucking phenomenal in that too Ooh, good to um, know thank you <laughs> <laughs> I, I appreciate it from like a normalizing things like, hey, we need to normalize biracial uh, children and interracial marriages because mm-hmm. like, why fucking not? Like, right. Because it's, you know. it's, it's just more of the norm yeah. now. I mean, think of it like think of dogs or think of pets. Like they talk about if you have a purebred dog, mm-hmm. you're running the risk of a lot more medical issues. Um, as we're mutts, it's less, you know, like those genes or whatever get spread out more or something like that. And yeah, just think of all the inbred, you know, inbreeding <laughs> and things and like how that's going to affect and things like that. So yeah, fucking, yeah, go explore. Yeah. I don't know. I'm making this worse. <laughs> the other thing, well, not the other thing, just more related to insecure. That actor is fucking gorgeous. <laughs> oh yeah, you said oh, Chinese Irish, and I went this yes. Long hair. hair. Oh my god, and he's, what's his name? If you want to look him up, Alexander Hodge. Okay. He. Hmm. Hmm. The new Anna Kendrick show. I'm pulling up a picture of him. Mm. Uh, the the new Anna Kendrick HBO show. Um also has like a leading Asian man um, for a couple seasons and uh, it just makes me happy. I'm like, let's normalize this. Like, can we change the stereotype? Um, Oh, which leads to another part of the book that I really fucking loved that I thought was just kind of me having a weird vibe. Um, Not weird vibe. Um, She discusses the diversity of TV in the nineties. Yes. Versus that we, and how we took steps back. And part of me, like, I've always thought about this Mm -hmm. and thought it was more of, like, my own upbringing changing and, like, causing me to just not realize that these shows were out there and things like that. But it does actually sound like Hollywood took a step back. Oh, yeah. 100%. I am with her. Because when she's talking about sort of that, like, golden age of black, with um, Love and Basketball, Brown Sugar, Mm -hmm. The Best Man, The Wood, like, these were some great, like, just looking at just black characters, multi-dimensional characters, and, like, in The Best Man, uh, God, Morris Chestnut, yes, but he's, like, this famous football <laughs> player, and then Tay Diggs is this author, and his girlfriend, Sanaa Lathan, is this chef. Like, yes, give me... And then it's like, where did all of that go? Yeah. But, yeah. Like, why did it stop? Why yeah. is it now considered almost not marketable to... Right. You know, why is it considered an amazing revolutionary thing? Like, to have the photograph, which is almost right. entirely a black cast. Mm-hmm. Um, 
rom-com well i don't think it's a rom-com romantic movie yeah um why is that weird why did that feel like a victory right like what happened to cause us to take so many steps back from the 90s i have no idea like did they just not make enough money for you but then it's at the same time i remember seeing this argument um where it was like there was a lot of pressure on like Wonder Woman to be really good and all that because it's like oh god she's the, the female superhero and if it's not good they're not going to do any more female superhero movies and it was just like okay did you see Batman v Superman did you see Man of Steel yeah white men basically those movies can fuck up and have zeros on Rotten Tomatoes and they still get to make movies exactly like, it almost- makes no sense for me, I'm just like, is it a money thing and you just don't think they'll make enough for you? What's enough? You want billions of dollars, basically. For yeah. it's, it's just the whole thing of black people or people of color having to be more excellent. Do you, you've seen the movie Selena, right? Oh, yeah. I love yeah. Selena. Oh, God, I can still quote the entire movie. <laughs> but do you remember <laughs> when she's talking to her? She's in the car with her brother and her dad and her dad's driving. She's talking about how she wants to go to Mexico. And her dad's like, you speak Spanish a little funny. Like, and they'll eat you alive. And he's like, we have to be more Mexican than the Mexicans and more American than the Americans. And it's exhausting. Yes. It's basically that. It's like we have to be excellent at everything. Right. And anytime we're not, then we don't get to do that anymore. Except those movies were fucking excellent. I don't know what happened. Yeah. I yeah, still like, love The Best Man. I did not enjoy The Best Man 2 because of what they did to one of the characters. I will maintain I'm upset about that forever. <laughs> but. <laughs> I mean, growing up watching some of my favorite shows were Family Matters. Like, I watched mm-hmm. Family Matters just as much as I watched Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved Sister Sister. Mm. Um, and um, Ghost Rider, which was on Nickelodeon was based oh in Brooklyn. God, yeah. Fucking Samuel Jackson was one of the dads. Like I like Hold on. Animorphs. Back all the way up. Seriously? <laughs> yes. I think he was only in an episode or two. Oh because, my like, god. Movie stars and TV stars like that you weren't yeah. both during that time. Um But yeah, no, like I just I always thought it was me and that maybe like something in me just started watching wider things as I got older. Mm-hmm. But no, I think just, yeah, no, her talking about this made me feel so much mm-hmm. better. Like, like that it wasn't just me going into some bubble. Um, but it sucks that it happens. Right. It was definitely, definitely, definitely not you. It, yeah. Like and fresh- unfortunately, I feel like that also means that most shows nowadays have to make some kind of statement. Right. And that's it's also like, oh, that annoys me. Like Boy Meets World is on Hulu. I think Family Matters is now on Hulu. But where's the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Where's Moesha? It's on HBO. What? A Fresh Prince of <gasps> Bel-Air is all on HBO Max. Listen, I don't know about Moesha. I'm, I have HBO. I will be looking. What? Yep, yes. it was all. Oh my it was God. one of the things I was very excited about. I, I mean, it's one of the yes. reasons I got it. Because I let the, um, I don't know what channel it was on, but it was on TV the other day, and I let it play, and I was like, God, I love this show. It's, yeah. <laughs> like, <sighs> yeah. Like, I yeah. watched, um, I just finished all of Girl Meets World, because Boy mm-hmm. Meets World is one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to see, um, and there's something about like 90s TV for kids, and at some point we had to dumb it down, and we had to whitewash it, and we had to do all these things 
to I I don't know make kids pay attention more or like I I don't know I don't know why they did that because watching Boy Meets World versus Girl Meets World and the reason Girl Meets World got canceled is because they wanted it to be more like Boy Meets World and hit on tougher issues and things like that and Disney said no Sean's Um, dad left do you remember this his dad left like he was gone and then also Sean dates a black girl for years like yes. yes yes to that um, I mean, we don't really see him after, but Mr. Turner gets into that horrific motorcycle accident. <laughs> he's Sean he's in Girl Meets World. He is, yes, but Sean almost joins a freaking cult. <laughs> also finds out that maybe he's an alcoholic at one yep. point and, like, decides not to, you know, drink. And then right. Tori also drinks at some point. Mm. Cheats on Topanga. Like, they did oh. so much. Cheat- and oh. to, to mm. be fair, it was an ABC, ABC show. Right. And Girl Meets World was on Disney Channel. Right. And I get that. Right. But also, like, you have to, if you're going to let your kids get older, you have to let them deal right. with more adult things. There's that episode where Eric and Sean, or not Eric and Sean, Eric and Corey think that their mom is having an affair and it's really, it's their yes. date night, which I was just like, this is great on so many levels. <laughs> like, yeah, they let the parents be more... Like they're 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 they are you know side characters to the kids, but also like the parents date. They get they have pregnant a whole ba- when the middle child's eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my god! Remember when um, their mom Amy when she joins Eric's class and she writes yes basically a, a, a maybe not erotica she, but like fiction about her first time with Alan and like their wedding night. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, no, I just like. <sighs> Girl Meets World was so watered down and like mm. it was so unfortunate. The only like the one best thing about it. Do you remember the episode where Eric um almost adopts a kid? There's like a couple episodes where he like mm-hmm. does a big brother thing. Yep. Um so Eric's running for senator, which is a whole thing, and like realizes that he's been placed in the Senate race to make the other guy look better. And suddenly there's this like kid who writes political articles kid he's a you know 20s that pops up and is like oh yeah i like i'm part of the reason why the senator the other senator is in trouble like i want to help you with your campaign and the entire episode happens and then you find out at the end that it's tommy it's the kid that he tried to adopt and i just (laughs) bawled and it's literally the kid it's the kid grown up it's the same actor yes oh i love it so much but yeah, it is very unfortunate that like, and I, yeah, I just like, at what point did TV decide, because Family Matters was on forever, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was on forever. These yeah. were shows that did really well. They did. What? And point? hit serious topics. Yeah. Will's dad, police, uh, like racial profiling. Yes. Like, oh God. At what point did we decide that? Kids. Yeah. This the was kids not, can't handle it? Yeah. And why? I don't know. Good I, questions. Yeah. But it was really great to to see her discuss that and Yeah. Um I also loved she talks about how for Love and Basketball, Love and Basketball was written and directed by Gina Prince um Bythewood, I think is her last name. Um I believe she's half white and half black. So Issa loves this movie, as did I, like, <laughs> oh, play you for your heart at the end. So good. She writes her a letter um, about how Love and Basketball was one of her favorite movies, and she just, 
you know, loves it so much and loves that, like, Gina got to basically write and direct her own work. And, like, would she read one of Issa's scripts? Which I was just like, first of all, having the bravery to put yourself out there like that. yeah. Like, take the chance. Uh, And then she gets a response. Yeah. I think it was an email, not a letter. I think it was an email. (laughs) She gets a response from Gina who says, you know, she loves that, how much, she's glad to hear how much Issa loved the movie, how uh, much it, you know, kind of helped her, I guess, in her life and everything, but that she was focusing more on being able to direct the things that she writes because she directed something that she didn't write and just didn't... Didn't connect. uh, Didn't connect. Right, so she's focusing more on her own work and encouraged Issa to keep writing and to keep working. I was like, that's amazing! Like, oh... I loved that so much. Yeah. This is very much, this book um, definitely hits on, because we're the same age, basically, it's like, hits on a <laughs> lot of things that I've seen or listened to. Like, when the first, I think it was a tape, maybe? A tape that she bought with her own money yes. was Brandy's I Want to Be Down. And I was like, oh, I had that album. I, I had it as a CD, though. One Christmas, my one of my bigger presents was my own CD player, which also had tape deck, too. But radio CD, yes. tape deck, big-ass thing. Um, and I got that CD, Whitney Houston CD, and I can't remember what else. I got a couple... Oh, Mariah Carey's Fantasy. Also, yes. Maybe one other one. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Good times. <laughs> Do you remember the first, like, CD, tape, whatever, that you bought with your own money? Oh, no. Not with my own money. Oh, I remember mine. But to be fair, so I do remember the first CD I got. It was the Lion King soundtrack, strangely enough. Mm. I was really into movie soundtracks as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I had, I have a stepsister that's close in age, and then I have two sisters that are not much younger, um, we kind of all had a music collection. Mm, okay. Um, so, yeah, I don't remember the first thing that I bought. Oh. I mean, I got as gifts, but the first one I bought was Hanson's Middle of Nowhere. Oh, I love that scene. (laughs) Hanson. (laughs) She also, so kind of like you and your siblings having your like kind of collaborative, I guess, musical collection. She's talking to her friends and they're talking about all these different CDs that she knows damn well she does not have like Mace and like the ones with the parental advisory sticker. Yes. And she's like, oh yeah, I can bring them in. Like her friends ask her to bring them in to make, they can make a mix. And she's like, sure. Some of them are my brothers, but yeah. And then she's trying to figure out the best way to get out of this lie because she doesn't have them. And I guess maybe her brothers didn't have some of them. And she just ends up being sick that day. <laughs> just like, I appreciate okay, that. That's the way to get out of it. But then she tries to like fix her music problem. By doing that BMG 12 CDs for oh a penny, yes. which I remember doing. I don't even remember what I got, but I remember only getting one and then I just like canceled or whatever. Cause I was like, I didn't feel like dealing with the whole thing of coordinating and figure, but I remember those ads. Oh yes. my God. Oh, things that kids today will not know. No, I know. I was just thinking, man, things were so much more fun as kids. Right. Or her first rap group, their name, Star 69. Yes! Like, what that actually... I mean, we're doing it for the fun, six, not, like, whatever, but, like, what that actually yeah. did or did on your landline. Like, 
just along the lines of music when she's talking about the music that came out when she slash we were in middle school and high school and high schoolers like yelling out the chorus or the verse to Ludacris's fans first single yeah. uh, what's your fantasy I was just like oh I was the same age as you oh my god we were babies oh if I had a kid I don't know you need to be you're only gonna listen to the Disney channel like yeah. <laughs> that's what you get is watching and listening to Disney soundtracks <laughs> yeah no there was a Wait, am I conflating it with a commercial? There's a great commercial I know right now where it is a woman who is roughly our age um, listening to a song from childhood, dancing, singing, and then it hits this line and she's like, no, no kind yeah. of thing. And I can't remember yeah. what it's an advertisement for, but I, every time it comes on, Ooh. I crack up. Um, and I, I, and I think she one. talks about it briefly in this, where it's like the music that they had playing back then. Like, yeah. what? Now, like, some of it would go over your head. So my mom remembers, I want to say this was preschool. So I would have been four. And I did, wait, is it preschool at Make Way for Ducklings? It was either preschool at Make Way for Ducklings or kindergarten at Sacred Heart, which was a Catholic school. The <laughs> teachers asked me what my favorite song was. And my response was an En Vogue song that was called Giving Him Something He Can Feel. Oh no! <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Which, like, as a five, four or five-year-old, clearly the whole meaning went over my yeah. head. Same, like, I do remember having a realization in college. I think it was I listened to this song by SWV called "Downtown." It's basically the the, the guy going downtown, yeah. which, as an adult, we know what this means now. Yep. In my head, as like a kid, like a teenager, was like, "This is clearly supposed to be like something sexy." I don't understand why downtown Springfield, Massachusetts is sexy, but fine. Sure. And then I was like, oh my God, when I was <laughs> when I was older and listened, like, I listened to this as a child. I was allowed to listen to this as a child. But then Because it went over your head. Yes. My brother Alex has two sisters on his mom's side, and one of them posted something on Facebook about a song and realizing basically the same thing. And so I commented and said, Girl, the same thing happened to me a few years ago with SWV's downtown. She's like, Me too. I thought it was downtown Hartford. <laughs> not getting why it was that scene. Oh, I love that so much. But yeah. Oh. Meanings going over your head and then being an adult and being like, oh my, or even as a teenager though, I understood the lyrics of Ludacris as, what you're, as a sure. teenager. But like, I don't know how you I have a teenager. Understood <laughs> as a sexual, maybe didn't quite understand all of it. I feel like I also watched something else recently where I was like, Man, this recent this flew over my head, and I cannot think of what it mm -hmm. was. But yeah, no, I. Mm -hmm. You gotta keep the adults entertained somehow. Right, like it's all the double meanings of like Shrek. Like Herman yes. Junior loved that movie when he was a kid. He didn't understand some of those references. I did a little bit more as a teenager, but like you know, some just go over the kids' heads. But then I'm like, how do you have a teenager? And then this is the music that like we're thinking of the music when we were teenagers. Mm -hmm. Like, oh God, I don't know. Oh, I'd be nope. nervous. Nope, never doing it. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Another thing I found super relatable was how she says she has no fashion sense. Yes. I was like, girl, I get it. Like, I was never one super into, like, the, like, my mom likes fashion. Like, she's always been really fashionable. My sister, too. And, like, I always, we would always go school shopping, like, in August, back to school shopping, get all new clothes. Uh, before a vacation, she would usually buy new outfits that you could not touch, you could not wear until you're on yes. vacation. So you're taking them out of your suitcase to put on. Um, but I was definitely with her of like, ah, 
I don't know. <laughs> I, I kind of still am. <laughs> yeah, like, um, I had a sister that was very into fashion, and I just, I, I mean, I, I like clothes, but, and especially now, like, I buy clothes because it's, like, a stress for, like, I, retail therapy is a thing. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, my style is still pretty much, like, um, my best friend and I, I texted her one day, this was pre- uh, quarantine because mm-hmm. I saw a, a shorter woman than me with long brown hair that had on a mustard yellow sweater long mustard yellow sweater and I immediately was like oh my god is that Laura is Laura in town and I texted her that and she's like Megan every time I see someone in leggings and boots and a plaid shirt I think of you <laughs> and I was like no yep that's still me that's a hundred percent still me Mm. and uh it's like fall attire yeah and i want to be there i'm it's like so gross out right yeah. now <laughs> i know it is like and yeah right now i'm in shorts and a freaking tank top because it's like yeah i need to wear enough clothes that i feel like i'm dressed so that i do mm-hmm. things but also it hot yes and also where am i going is now yeah, the other thing no, yeah. that you're just like that's yeah ah. there's definitely like um I just got some toward cash and was looking at stuff and was like, man, this is really cute. And I was like, I'm not going to buy work clothes right now. Like, there's no reason. Absolutely. Right. Like, I bought right. a bunch of new work clothes towards the start of quarantine because I mm-hmm. had, like, a gift card or something. Um, most of which I can wear around the house. Like, I think it's mm-hmm. a bunch of plaid stuff, basically. Um, yeah. Where am I going? Yeah, I- I did not, I should have, but I stalled too much on buying, like, a lot of winter work stuff. Like, I definitely bought some summery, so I started my new job a year ago, as of the 22nd of this month. Congratulations. Thank you, can't believe it. Um, (laughs) So I did buy new stuff then, and then, like, in August. And so I bought a couple of things in, like, November, December, but didn't buy, and then I kept stalling, and then March happened, and I've been working at home since then, and I was like, well, I wanted to, like add more to my spring summer wardrobe why so i haven't yeah 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 part of me like some of the clothes that i have it's like because i'm going back and i'm going to see people and i want to look but yeah no like i told uh my friend red while i was packing honestly i probably could just keep out like three pairs of bike shorts and a bunch of tank tops Mm -hmm. and like that would get me through to the next two weeks because yeah. who am I going to see? Right. The bodega people who are used to me coming and wearing whatever the hell I'm wearing. And like <laughs> me probably being like, um, did I wear this yesterday? When did I last change? Right. Uh, and that is more for the fact that one of my neighbors has one of those home cameras outside. Mm. And I'm like, I am not going to embarrass myself <laughs> by wearing <laughs> the same thing two days in a row. Yeah. No. So it's part of, yeah. yeah. Quarantine, man. Oh, I it changes things. Bought an outfit. I mean, this was a couple of weeks ago. Because, um, again, I, I have like a loyalty thing, and occasionally they're like, mm-hmm. here's 20 bucks. And it's one of those where it's like, there's no strings attached. So I spent like, I think 15 and got an outfit. And I was like, oh, this will be a really cute outfit to go back when, you know, the office opens up. Mm-hmm. I don't think the office is going to open up this year. Right. I don't know. Like, my building yeah. is starting fa- there are phase one right. in two weeks. Um, I don't know how long that's going to last. 
especially depending on the numbers and how things, you know, because it's very, like they, they gave us the estimate that we might not be in, in we might be in phase three or phase four. Phase right. three might start in September, but this was all, obviously a lot of it's guesswork because yeah, no they idea. did say, exactly, like this could change. This is not gospel. Um, but yeah, I have no idea when I'm going to go back. I need to, my company gave us some money, like they allotted like, 300 bucks per person if we wanted to buy stuff for our home office. Right. I need to buy a damn chair. And I still have it. <laughs> yeah, I think when I get, like, I'm going to add to my list, like, maybe looking into, like, a bigger desk. Because I thought my desk mm-hmm. was big. But, and, and honestly, it'll probably help to have one of my computers be in a different room. And things like that where I can make my yeah. desk just an office thing. But, yeah, I want, I uh, debated getting my chair from the office because um, the guy who had my position before me bought that with his own money mm. uh, didn't want it after uh, he oh. was like you know consider it a welcome to the office gift and then okay. part of me was like I should take it with me because technically like they bought a chair for my office like right. there's an extra chair running around that chair's super comfortable but I couldn't work it into one getting it to a subway was not going to happen right? and two like not into an Uber either and I was like I can't yeah. take it apart um, so yeah, if my New York office ever opens back up, which I think talking to the other half of our office, they may be in agreement that it's time to just go remote because yeah, yeah, yeah. why not? So I mean, I know we're not going to go remote, but they're going to have to do like some type of rotation or yeah. something because yeah. we, we sit way too close to each other. Right. We are not six feet apart. Uh, any last things we want to say about Issa Rae other than I, I do actually really quick want to hit on um, what I was kind of mentioning in the beginning. Like she doesn't really talk about having that big break. And mm-hmm. there's like a point where she's talking to her father about like, and, and, and talking about how she can pretty much financially take care of herself. Um, and like that, that she's no longer a burden to her father. And then he reminds her of all the things that he still pays yep. for. Um, and I appreciated that because like, I can financially take care of myself. I mean, I have debt that I need to get rid of and things like that. But like I was on my parents' cell phone plan until um, I think last year, actually maybe two years ago now. Mm -hmm. And the reason I got off is because my stepdad lost his job and I was like, oh, I can afford to pay my own cell phone bill now. He's like, yeah, you just saved me like 15 bucks. It's not that big of a deal. And I just was like, well, shit. I just took out $120 (laughs) for something that you were only paying 15, but also like, I, I feel less guilty about switching my phone out yes. and things like that. Yeah. So, But I appreciated, I don't know, it was like not her being like, I have it all figured out now and everything mm-hmm. and um, very millennial feeling. I'd be curious to see if now that Insecure has been on for five seasons, um, I think, yeah, if she would write something now kind of after the fact or like um, I hope so. maybe... Like, further down in her career. Just, yeah. I'm very curious how that would... And I would love to read it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because this is definitely, like... She's not quite at her big break, even though Insecure was coming. And yeah. I think... Yeah. I think this came out the year that she was working on it. Like she had been working on Insecure, I think, at the time that this came out. But the show had not premiered yet. So, I would definitely like to see something from her, like, in this style, sort of, later on in her career. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I don't know. She wasn't leading lady. Um, I was about to say she's not leading lady material. That is not what I meant. 
um, she was not getting leading lady roles in movies. Mm-hmm. And now right. we're in 2020 and she's had two. So right. it is a very different, uh, yeah. Like, I, I star of her own show. Yeah, I assume at 35 she's a little bit more um, together. But yeah, when this was written, so this was 2015, so that was five years ago. So yeah, mm-hmm. 30. Um, that's the other thing is there's not really a conversation of like I've hit 30 and this is what I feel. Right. Um, right. Um, but like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it's nice to read a book where it's like she's getting her shit together. Not that her shit was ever right. really not together, but like, right. you know, she did live basically on nothing in New York and had to have two mm-hmm. jobs and things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, So not saying that like she floated or anything like that, but I don't know. I, I, it was probably the most relatable actress book that I've ever read. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, it and also, also just felt very grounded. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and also she left New York and went back. So, like, I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, she like, did. Yeah. She did. She got something out of it. She doesn't regret it. And, uh, mm-hmm. um, but it was time for her to leave, which mm-hmm. brings me, I guess, to the next point. Um, we are going to be taking a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be back in August um, because I am moving from New York. <laughs> <laughs> if you hadn't gathered that over the last few episodes. Yep. And moving is stressful. Moving so. is stressful, and I'm going to be um, kind of without my... Re- I mean, I could keep my recording equipment. It's better if I pack it. Um, so One less thing to worry about. One less thing to worry about. One less thing to feel bad if I don't get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we are going to be taking a little bit of a break while I move back to Georgia. Um, so, because of that, we don't quite have a book lined up next but don't worry we'll post when we figure that out mm-hmm. and give the two weeks time that we normally do um and the reason why we're doing that is because we don't want to lock ourselves into something and then who knows what the world throws at us right exactly so. <laughs> are um, you do you have ideas of something you want to read not for the podcast just for fun yes no pressure on finishing it because you are moving <laughs> no i've actually been reading more and more trying to set a few times either a few minutes in the morning or before going to bed um trying to get out of the mindset that reading equal or yeah reading equals commute um Mm -hmm. which is what it had Mm -hmm. become you know um so i am reading the mall um by megan mccafferty um who wrote the jessica darling series that i loved as a kid um, I am actually part of her book tour, blog tour. Um, so, yeah, I, that will uh, be really cool. Um, it is a 90s teen story um, based in 91. And mm-hmm. so I'm very excited to talk about teens a little bit before my time, but also like the fact that historical fiction, quote unquote, can be the 90s now. I just oh, my God. God. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's a, it's basically a coming of age story, New Jersey in the mall. Um, so yeah, I'm doing that. I'm planning on finishing the deep. Um, I was going to look and see, cause I just, I don't know what book Ryan is doing if they're hacking our podcast or just hacking our soul. But, mm-hmm. um, between the, a bunch of audiobooks that I downloaded recently, mm-hmm. um, 
a lot of which are um, activist books. I've got a lot of nonfiction activist books that uh, I want to re um, uh, read. Mm -hmm. But yeah, on top of that, um, I got two Kaysen calendar books mm -hmm. since the last episode. Um, the Queen of the Conquered and uh, why is the other one not popping up? There it is. Felix Ever After. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you get both of those? I didn't. I just got the Queen of, but okay. I was like, oh, do I want? And I was like, I think I bought a lot on my Kindle. I need to chill out for I a I understand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was solely because I was like, man, that's two case in books. All right, I'll do it. I'll do it. But yeah, it was also like, I think I'm kind of done for a little while. Yeah. Um, I also got Cinderella is Dead, uh, which is like a super <gasps> anticipated book. I yeah. know next to nothing about, except for that the cover is gorgeous. It is. The cover is literally why I want it. Yeah, no, that isn't, I mean, like, 95% of the reason that I bought this is because uh, the cover is absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely have a few things that I want to read. Um, hopefully Simon Teen finally sends me, because I've got their, the art. So, BookCon this year was all online. They did a bunch of giveaways. I ended up winning Simon Teen's. Which I think is six. It's either six or nine books. Um, a very, very diverse collection of books. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. Um, whenever they ship it. Ah. <laughs> no rush. I get it. And everything. So what yeah. about you? What are you planning on diving into for our summer break? Yeah. Like, I don't have my Kindle with me. I know I bought at least four. Okay. <laughs> at least four because I was like, ooh, that's a deal. Ooh, that's a deal. Um, I definitely got the Queen of the... Is it the Concord? The Concord. So, yeah. The Concord. The Concord. 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 Um, oh, God. I can't remember any of the other ones I got on there. But I also got Big Friendship by Amina Tussauds and Anne Friedman from the Call Your Girlfriend podcast. Their book about friendships and just like maintaining them i'm just and also i think they're going to talk more about their friendship and like they've talked on the podcast about how they met and things like that but i think they're going to be able to dive a little bit more into it so just nice. curious about that because i love that podcast um queenie by candace cardi williams oh yeah um, i've heard of this. i got that one i got that one for christmas i want to say for my mom or my sister i got okay. books or my birthday i got like all like from them i don't remember who gave me what I was like, oh, yeah, so that's going on the list, um, or is on the list. Oh, I'm trying to visualize my pile, because I was inspired. Uh, my partner's brother will move books from his bookshelf to his bedside table and then go through those. Oh, smart. And then, like, when it gets low, he'll add more. So I put them on my shelf on my TV stand, so I see them every day, and I'm having a very hard time picturing what else I put on there. I know I put a money book, but that's getting bumped. I don't, 2020 is probably not going to be the year where I understand money in 401ks, even though I'm contributing to one. That might have to be 2021. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, yeah, like, you can try to get your shit together right now. And honestly, if you can, good for you. Like, that's awesome. If yeah. you are yeah. able to complete anything that makes you feel like you accomplish something, kudos. Biggest right. shout out. Don't feel like right. you have to do it, though. Right. I'm going to do my bullet journaling. And I'm going to do my list tracking of things. Reading and writing is on there. Um, just track. Because I like you very much. Very much identified with when you said reading equals commute time. Like those two things go hand in hand. Trying, even four months now, still trying to break away from yeah. that. And making it a daily habit outside of commuting. Because I am not commuting. Exactly. Yeah. I, 
think I also want to try to get at least one more audiobook done because I still have a bunch in my library from when I canceled Audible and used all my credits. So did you end up using all your credits or are you still looking oh, yeah. for... Okay. I didn't know if you oh, no, were I, able to fill... Yeah. No, I used all of them, um, but then didn't listen to all of them. Like I, I started Eloquent Rage by Brittany Cooper. I, have I think I need too. to restart that. <laughs> I think I need to restart it because I don't remember... I have like three hours left. I'm like, I don't remember really what she was talking about. So I might have to restart that one. But I think I might do another memoir. Um, I have oops, the mother of black. Sorry. The mother of black Hollywood. Um, okay. I hit play by accident. <laughs> the mother of black Hollywood by Jennifer Lewis. She's been in everything. She was Aunt Vi. No, she was one of Will's aunts on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Okay. Um, she was also in Sister Act, which I just watched because of Disney Plus. She was in the very beginning one of the backup singers for Dolores. She's oh, cool. been she's on she's on Blackish as um, Anthony Anderson's mom. She's she's been in so much stuff. So I have her audiobook. So I might I want to do that because I was also doing more cross stitch as I was listening to Issa. Yes. Um, so I want to get at least one of these audiobooks off my list. <laughs> Yeah, it's Fingers crossed. About finding that new norm. And mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So um so we will be back. Oh God, I don't let's see. Just in to a give month. a rough date. Yeah, basically in a month. Um yeah, that actually sounds about right. It'll be about a month. Um so yeah, uh read something. Um we'll be reading lots. Mm-hmm. Um where can people find you while we take this break? Uh, just here. Just here at JBC for now. Oh, well, maybe at some point I'll have something else to offer. <laughs> How about you? Uh, I am working on bringing up my blog back up to um, being awake, I guess. I don't know. Because, yeah, like, I'm trying to find new norms in quarantine. And one of that is going to be I have to get back into blogging for various reasons. So um, you can find me on all social media at Meg Griffin. Uh, Meg is with two G's. So um, that is a way to find all my other podcasts. Um, Minds at York is also currently on hiatus. Um, I think I've got a couple other things in the hopper when it comes to podcasts. I don't think any of them are close enough that I can really talk about. Um, But yeah um that'll be the place where they're announced as somewhere on social media um yeah as for jbc we are on facebook instagram and twitter at jbc podcast uh if you want to throw recommendations as to what you think we should read next uh i may put together something that's like hey this is what we've got left for our Mm. reading challenge what do you want to throw at us that you think we should read and uh yeah, that may be a good way to get some recommendations. So I like that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be back in a month. And thank you for your patience with us while we do that. Um, in the meantime, if your libraries are open, please go support them. If they aren't and you do have the means, please support local indie black bookstores. Um, we include two uh, websites with lists of at least one per state. So, yeah, go check that out. <laughs> 